You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 57 and today we are talking about design and uh, especially for non-designers and we are talking with Moore Cohen. Moore, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. It's, uh, it's funny because you're another, another person that I've seen everywhere on on the internet and in in facebook <laughs> groups or we're all in the same groups i feel like so many people i've been interviewing lately are like that are the people i've seen around uh chatted to in comment sections for for years but never actually spoken to for real so it is awesome to finally speak to you same here <laughs> uh, and listeners i guess this is kind of what you get with agency highway it's like me just meeting people and chatting about stuff that can help agencies and i hope that is helpful for you um, I mean, I, I really enjoy it and I like the fact that it is uh, conversational and apparently so many of you do as well because that is the most common feedback I get. So yeah, uh, thank you for writing in and, and telling me what you like about the show. So more, let's start off with a little bit about you, uh, you know, and how you got into this and where you're at now. Uh, well, I have been a graphic designer. Uh, I started as a graphic designer uh, a little over 20 years ago. It's a long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and uh, I did mostly print for many years. And then I switched kind of accidentally almost into uh, web design. I had a client um, that I designed a logo for and he loved the logo and said, well, can you build our website? And then, of course, without thinking, I said, oh, of course, sure. And then I just panicked because I had no idea <laughs> um, how to do this. But I have learned and I taught myself. And, uh, of course, it evolved a lot over the years. Um, and I think, like, right now uh, we are really in a golden age of web design um, where the possibilities are literally endless. So it's a, it's a magical to be a you know time to be a web designer and involved in digital design. Yeah, and uh, and I guess that's what you're helping people a lot with now. Yeah, is is helping is is specifically non designers? Are they the people you help the most? Actually, uh, mostly it's non designers, but I have um, quite a few people, um, clients, and also students in my course who are designers and have been designers for many years, but um, still, you know, don't know the foundation. So, um, you know, they also um, learn a lot. But yes, mostly it's uh, non designers, uh, digital marketers agency owners, uh, web developers, um, entrepreneurs who are building their own websites. So um, mm. really um, various um, people that are interested. Yeah, that, and that's, that's kind of cool because I am definitely not a designer at all. I really struggle to build something from scratch and I always have. But um, what I, a lot, uh, quite a while ago, I read this book called the non-designers design book and it talked about foundations and, uh, it 
helped me so much because now I can look at something and actually kind of say what's wrong with it mm-hmm. to, to a level. I'm still not very good because obviously a book isn't the best. And that's why I imagine your course would be another level again. So can we talk about, I guess, the struggles that people have, like especially non-designers when like, where do we start? Like the foundation? <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I got into this because I used to do a lot of uh, white label design work for agencies. And I kept hearing from people how frustrated and how clueless they felt when they really didn't have any idea how to start. Um, They would book a new design project and they would turn on, um, you know, the computer, install WordPress or (laughs) Mm -hmm. page builder and just sit there and look at the screen and the screen would look back and (laughs) no one was moving because they had no idea where to start. And even when they did start, um, they didn't know if what they're doing was right. So they kept second guessing themselves uh, with, this typography work uh, with this font pair with the other Mm. uh, colors, you know, am I doing it right? Um, And, you know, they just spent so much time going back and forth. And, you know, when you're spending too much time on a project, it takes away from the profit that you're actually making. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, they were really frustrated and they kept saying, you know, I don't know what good design is and I don't know how to judge it. I don't know how to produce it. I have, you know, no way of starting a project and actually completing it the right way. Hmm. So I started um, putting processes together um, to help because it's, you know, I, I can... I can understand their frustration and I can understand that it, you know, it takes so much time and, you know, it takes away from the confidence as well mm. um, from the person who's actually creating the site because they have no idea if what they're uh, producing is right or not. So yeah. they limit themselves in how much they charge. They are embarrassed in their own portfolios. It's it's kind of a it's a chain reaction, really. But so yeah, I hundred percent know what you're talking about here because I don't trust myself to design anything. Um, you know, it, and I feel like getting started, like I was saying, is always the hardest part. Like I can kind of look at something and go, yeah, I don't like that, but I don't know why. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I guess that's like when you talk about foundations, is that, is that sort of like, yes. yeah, let's start there. Let's start with foundations. <laughs> well, you know, I, um, the first thing that I think we need to do when we start a project is research. Uh, way before we turn on the computer and install WordPress, uh, we need to understand what we're uh, planning to build and who we're building it for and who is the audience um, that we are creating the site for because the site really is not about our creative ability and it's not about our client it's about their client and you know we first we need to understand you know the end user and the message that our client is trying to convey and what are their, you know, their objectives and their goals. And only that when we understand this, we, this is really the, 
the starting point of every design project. And we can't start anything until this is all clear to us. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, do you have a process or something that, yes. yeah. So how yes. do we, for the, for the research phase, <laughs> can we talk about that? Absolutely. So I have a very extensive uh, intake form that I actually share with my students. Uh, I use it for my own process and I um, share it with my students and you know, I dig really deep into the why and the what and uh, the who um, of every project. And I think when this is done right, uh, with all the details, that is, you know, we're halfway there when we have the answers. So that was the what, the why and the who. So um, yes. like how, when you say extensive um, intake form, part of me is wondering like, do, do clients struggle to fill this out? Like, is it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, mostly. Uh, but then, you know, I am all for holding their hand while mm. they're doing it. Nice. Uh, first of all, it's easier for us when we guide them through the process because I think it makes it a lot easier for us to understand mm. um, than if we do it together. And I think it adds to actually the bonding part with the client mm. when we actually do that together. So it's psychological and you know, informative at the same time. Yeah, nice. I was just uh, uh, interested in that almost a little bit for uh, selfish reasons because uh, we've noticed that a few people are starting to use, well, a lot of people are starting to use Content Snare for intake forms. Like uh, obviously mm -hmm. originally we built it to get uh, content from clients, but uh, intake forms and questionnaires are another thing that can take quite a few sittings to finish. And that might, you know, mm -hmm. it's not just like a contact form that you punch out the data and you're done. So yeah, I was just, just kind of curious. Um, cause that's, it's the I, kind of thing I've been almost tempted to build in some templates for intake forms and that into content snare. <laughs> I'll be happy to help you with this if you'd like. Uh, I think that this is such an important part and I, you know, I don't think that a project can be successful if we don't have that in place the right way. Nice. Yeah, well, so, maybe I'll uh, take you up on that afterwards. Please uh, do. I just had, not, like, maybe there's, like, a marketplace of templates we can put into content snares. <laughs> it's another feature that's just going to take too long to build, but um, maybe we can sort something out. That would be really cool. So, okay, we've done the research. What's What's next? When, when we have done the research, then we understand the brand that we'll – we are building for. And when we have that understanding, there are certain processes and there are certain, you know, I don't like to call them rules, but uh, guidelines um, that are, um, you know, if we follow the information that we have gathered um, from our client and we've done our research, the part of picking the different branding or design elements becomes a lot easier because depending on, you know, what we found out about the, the brand and the audience, you know, there are certain fonts or font pairings that we can go for because we understand the people who will be reading the information. So we know kind of what kind of language um, we need to speak to them visually 
for them to be able to understand what we are saying. So, sorry, just that, quickly, I just realized. Like, can we just back up just a little bit? Sure. And, but maybe just some of the most important um, things we need to know, because I, I just realized we spoke about what, why, and who, but mm-hmm. I, I, without giving away the farm, because I know this is a, a big part of what you do. Um, can you let us know some of the most important things we need to know about the actual audience? Like, it doesn't have to be exact questions, but maybe some. Sure. You know, like um, audience is obviously one because you're talking about we know who we're speaking to. Um, so, yeah. We want to know their demographics. We want to know what challenges they are facing. Because when someone has a challenge or has a problem or looking for a solution, then they go looking for that online. And we want to make sure that the information that we are presenting to them will answer their questions. Mm. And so we need to speak to them in a language that they can understand and will attract them enough to continue to investigate what they want to find out. Yeah, cool. So, and and then, then what we were back just talking about. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm struggling to understand because I'm not a designer, um, like how does this translate to font pairings? How do we get to the point where like we're choosing fonts based on like demographics and challenges? Because, you know, depending on the information that you gather, um, the the information that you gather kind of influences the style and the design elements. So there are some people who uh, will be more attracted to very clean, modern, uh, sparse, um, you know, design. And then there are others, depending on the research that we are doing, that this will be a deterrent for them because they will, you know, it will be too cold. Yeah. Or so it, it really, you know, it, it, I'm generalizing, of course. There are a lot of nuances um, into it. But, you know, every decision that we make needs to really be focused on the person who will be viewing the information, who will be visiting the website and finding answers to what they're looking for. Okay. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. I, <laughs> I can totally <laughs> see that because obviously you get that feeling when you go to websites like, um, you know, the clinical style, you know, cold, mm-hmm. like, and, and like basically cold versus warm is pretty much the extent of my vocabulary on this. <laughs> and there are a lot of nuances. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot more involved. Of um, course. Even when you pick, let's say that you pick two uh, very modern fonts, um, you know, based on certain characteristics, um, some will work together, some will not work together. And when you learn to look for these characteristics, uh, you know, that's part of what I teach, then you know what would work and what would be completely, you know, a complete disaster. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's not just that you say, okay, I'm going to pick something traditional or something completely modern, because even within those um, uh, segmentations, there are just a lot of nuances that you need to take into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. So then like, I, I'm not not entirely sure what direction to take this uh, this in. Like, should we talk about more of the foundation? Like, you know, we've talked about fonts. Should we talk about more design elements? Like, because I know you're big on, like, having the right tools and processes to get this yes. all. So, like, do we talk about tools and processes? We sure. Talk more design stuff? 
we could talk about uh, tools and processes. Um, the thing is, you know, design is not magic. And uh, there are certain tools and certain processes and certain um, guidelines that if we know them, if we learn them, and if we follow them, you know, it completely demystifies um, design and good user experience. Uh, you know, I we I know that a lot of people who are not designers think that this is you know some some sort of a higher power that yeah. <laughs> designers have. It's not true, <laughs> completely not true. Um, we just have experience and we know um, kind of the stages to follow to get to where we need to get as far as the design goes. Um, and when you follow these processes, if you follow, if you use these tools the right way and you know how to utilize them, then the whole process of design becomes a lot easier. So where would you start? Like if you, like what's, what's the first sort of steps when you're taking under a design, you've done the research, like what are one of these processes? Um, well, you know, I, uh, I'm a firm believer in, um, you know, kind of, composing a style sheet with everything that we uh, are gathering, uh, typography, colors, images, um, inspiration. Mm. Um, and having a style guide serves two purposes. Um, one, this is a tool for us because we can use it as kind of a roadmap as we are building the site or if we are creating social media images or any kind of, uh, you know, lead magnets. Um, you know, we follow the same elements that we have on our style guide. Mm. But also, um, as far as our client, uh, when they have that, um, you know, to use for their own purposes and, you know, we give them access to it, first of all, it makes us look really good and professional and helpful. And also it gives the client um, a sense of knowing where things are going and they can use it, you know, even on their own. If they have, I imagine own. it would be a pretty quick, uh, yes, liberable, you know, like it's, it's, yes. they've just signed up with you and then bam, like fairly quickly, they've got this like star guide. Yes. I, I imagine exactly. it quite a bit yes. into creating a star guide, but at least, you know, fairly quickly, they've got this like thing that they're like, oh, this is really nice. Yes. Yeah, like, yes. Deliverable. Yeah. Yes. So it kind of elevates us as professionals to another level. Um, because not a lot of people offer that. Mm. Um, and we, when we do that, we kind of position ourselves as we are the experts here. Uh, here, this is what we are going to be working off. And it is uh, a very impressive thing for our clients to see. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite tool uh, that you create a style guide in? Just because I love tools so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for myself, I obviously I use Illustrator. Um, but in my course, I'm actually doing it all in Canva, oh. um, just because it's free. Yeah. Um, and you know, I really uh, am focused in my course about giving people all the processes and all the tools uh, that are free for them to use because most non-designers will not have access to Adobe Creative Cloud or, mm. um, you know, any other, uh, program. And even if they have access to it, you know, I don't want them spending 
years to master that yeah. because it, it does take time. Um, so I do give uh, templates, a kind of templates and explain how to use them. And it's really kind of a repository of all the elements that we are gathering in our research. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, it's, it's funny you're talking about like making sure you teach people uh, with free tools and that, because it's something that's become, it, it's now on my mind too, that I, as I start trying to build my Zapier automation course, I'm like thinking about all these other tools that I use that work together. But of course, a lot of these have costs as well. And I'm like, damn mm -hmm. it. Like, is it okay to just show people all these other things in the course and they're going to, are they going to be cranky that they have to go and sign up for other things? <laughs> um, you know, it really depends on what you're teaching and what the end result is. Of course, if you can find something equivalent that you can show people um, when it's free, it's, helpful mm. um but it really depends on your audience and what you're teaching them yeah yeah anyway that, that's a little bit off topic it's just funny that's something i'm thinking about right now i'm just like part of me is just like look if you want to save time you're gonna have to spend some money <laughs> but yeah no, no, no. free alternatives it's, a good idea it's completely understandable but you know for me uh, building this for people who are not designers i always think okay do they actually uh, have these tools or would they want to invest in them and for the most part I think that people can do amazing things with the free tools that are available online yeah absolutely. if they know how to use them oh, so I'm trying <laughs> to again like, like work out what the next step here is like I guess it really depends on the project once you've got the mm -hmm. style guide um, like what where would you go next once you've done the style guide once I have the style guides uh, with the typography and colors and inspiration, then we have the direction where, you know, the design is going. So the next step is usually go into your favorite tool, uh, your theme, your page builder, and just implement all these elements into um you know, your customizer, for example, mm. or your color palettes. Um, and, you know, I have a process for that to show people how to implement that. So when you have all the elements transferred from your style guide to your WordPress install, that's it. You're ready to go. You don't second guess yourself. You don't go back and forth. You just, mm. you have everything. You just, you know, start creating your post and your pages and your yeah and, if, and I'm not mis if i'm not mistaken you're a big elementor fan correct yes I yes am. and so i haven't been a big user of elementor up until fairly recently i've been uh on beaver builder for quite a while and i actually had uh, i'm getting married next year and we're building like an rsv uh, thank yeah. you uh but i'm building a wedding website for the rsvps at the moment and uh i thought i would use elementor just to kind of play around with it and see how it is um they also had like a starter site that i pulled in mm -hmm. the reason i bring this up is because i noticed they have that like color palette and like default area which was right. so cool because like i pulled in this site and uh, I changed one of the palette colors and it changed all the headings that were in the default site. And I was like, Oh my God, because <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> I've used 
um, I mean, it depends who makes the uh, templates, but I've used templates before where every heading was changed uh, manually. Yes. Like every color was like you had to go through every heading and change them all individually. So when I did that, I was just like, oh my God. And so that <laughs> like, central color palette uh, in Elementor was really cool. Um, I, I don't know if Beaver Builders got that because I don't actually build many sites anymore like my team do, but um, yeah, it's cool. You know, I, I actually, I started uh, the course uh, focused on uh, Elementor, but um, I have so many students who are Beaver Builder users that I have... Um, a layout pack that I am giving my students and I originally had it all in um, Elementor and now I have it the mm. same thing in Beaver as well. Oh, nice. Very uh, good. For people, you know, it's, it's a layout pack that has all the right spacing and, you know, the right layouts and it's just for, for them to look in, you know, under the hood into a site that kind of uh, embodies all the information that I uh, teach them. Yeah, absolutely. So well, one thing I'd like to talk about here is because, I mean, there's, there's going to be people listening that don't really have an interest in designing it them, in designing stuff themselves. You know, that, that was me. I had an agency where we got the design done somewhere else and would always do the implementation. So outsourcing design is can be really difficult, right? Like it's hard yes. to find a designer that you gel with um, so let, let's dig into outsourcing a bit and like, like I, I, I imagine knowing the foundations of design is really important here because it's definitely been easier for me since I've learned a bit about the foundations, mm -hmm. you know, like I can look at something and go, well, I the difference is now I can sort of see why I don't like something, but mm -hmm. yeah, so let, let's talk about outsourcing and, and, you know. Um, yes, because you know, this is such an important thing. Um, even when you outsource the design phase um, to someone else, if you don't have understanding and you don't have the knowledge, there's no way for you to judge um, the work that you're getting mm. from that designer. You don't know if what they're giving you is good or bad, um, you know, because you don't, you don't have the tools to look at it and make that determination. Mm. Um, and also, um, there's another part to it that if you have, let's say that you have people on your team that are doing the design, if you have the processes in place, then if that designer moves on and you have another one coming in, nothing has to change because you already have the process in place. First, we do this, then we move on to this, you know, and it's kind of, it doesn't matter who does that. They all follow the same uh, process, which I think is extremely helpful to someone who, you know, has a team or outsource stuff. So if this designer does not work for outsourcing, you can move to the next designer, but you have the process in place for them. Yeah. I mean, processes are always going to be important for outsourcing. It's, uh, there is a fine line I find like trying to make things too rigid, uh, mm -hmm. in processes versus, letting people do what they want. Um, yeah. How do you navigate that? Well, of course, creatively you want um, them to have, you know, um, their own say and, you know, have room for their own creativity. But if you know that first they need to take the research and extract that information from the research 
So their decision, their design decisions are not arbitrary according to what they think is right. You know, it follows the guidelines that they um, gather from the research. Yeah. Yeah, cool. That makes sense. Um, So... I mean, do you think there's much else we need to cover on the on the design and the process side of things? Like, I mean, I'd I'd kind of like to talk about more steps. Uh, you know, I guess oh, I guess we kind of covered it, right? Like, start like we already got to the website mm-hmm. point. Um, it, it, I just it's kind of hard to talk about design on a podcast, right? Because it's because <laughs> you don't audio. see it. Yeah. Uh, but you know. We're really not, um, it's not design itself that we're talking about. It's about learning and understanding the foundations of design, Mm. Uh, which again, it's, this is not magic. This is not, you know, um, something that, you know, I I can wake up tomorrow morning and decide that, you know, actually this site needs to completely change um, the direction because I don't like what I did yesterday if what I did yesterday was based on the right information that I have and the right, the correct process, then there's yeah. no need to go back and forth. Yeah. And that, I mean, so, yeah, that, and that's a pretty, it's almost like a curse of design, right? Or any creative people <laughs> not being happy with uh, what they've made. So this is a really good idea to, to balance that with processes so that mm-hmm. you don't get to that point. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's, it's, we talked about fonts and typography, but it goes, um, as far as colors, because I know co- finding color uh, combinations is a huge struggle uh, for most non-designers. And again, it's because they don't understand the impact of the specific colors on the whole design approach. And they mm-hmm. don't understand how to create the right color combinations in a way that will enhance the brand and also um, encourage the visitor to actually take an action because, you know, at the end of the day, we want them to do something when they're visiting the site. Mm. And if we use the layouts and the colors and the typography and each element that we pick um, all with that in mind uh, to encourage them to take some sort of an action, you know, book a call uh, buy something and roll in something. Um, you know, everything that we do as far as the design need to be centered around that. For sure. Well, I mean, on that note, I think um, I w- we could start wrapping this up, I think, unless there's anything else uh, you want to dig into. Um, no, I'm, you know, I, I think we covered everything. Yeah. So where should people go then to find out more about your course? Um, yeah. My course is called designclass.io. Um, and you know, people can always find me on Facebook, you know, as you said, I'm everywhere (laughs) (laughs) in all the groups. Uh, I have my own group, um, that's focused on branding and design and I invite everyone to join us. Uh, we talk about all kinds of things related to, um, design and cats. No, <laughs> so uh you know it I'm very easy to find and I'm very responsive. I love hearing from people and I love answering questions if anyone uh wants to ask me. Awesome. So a couple of things we'll of course um add all of these links into the show notes at agencyhighway.com/57. 
so yeah, you don't need to remember designclass.io, but it will be there um, along with links to Moore's Facebook group and more. I just want to say that I have seen feedback from your course in from several people in my own Facebook group, as well as in many. I've seen a lot of people talking very uh, highly about design class. So congratulations. That's really cool when you get that kind of feedback. Thank you. I, you know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed uh, with the reviews and, you know, I've been no, known to walk around with crying around the house because, you know, <laughs> it just, uh, it gets me so emotional when I get another review and another student um, saying how much value they get from it. Um, we have a private Facebook group for the students and the feedback is just, it's overwhelmingly wonderful for me. Mm, that's that's awesome and hopefully i can do something similar with my zapier course uh, i'm sure you will <laughs> i'm sure you will totally got imposter I'm looking, syndrome right i'm now. looking forward to your course i think it's <laughs> going to be a game changer for a lot of people uh, well thank you very much and i hope i hope i can deliver that's the next step uh, you will. <laughs> i almost need to do a uh, i'm gonna have to do a podcast episode on course planning now because i feel like uh i've learned so much just in the last few days of planning i've spent so many hours just like listing out the lessons and reordering them and taking notes. And, oh, my gosh, I don't know. I think I've bitten off way more than I can chew, but I'll get there. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm uh, creating my own podcast, so maybe you can come uh, onto mine and we can talk about course creation. Hey, that would be great. I'd love well, once I've once I've made a course. I can't really talk about it yet. Uh, I'd be a little bit. I would be an actual imposter at this point because I haven't <laughs> actually made a course. Uh, more. Just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on. This has been a great chat and uh, several actionable things in there. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you are listening to this and you would like some free advice, please head over to agencyhighway.com and go to the contact form and let me know what the biggest problem you have in your agency is right now. And I'll try to find an expert to answer it. So free advice, can't really beat that. So head over to agencyhighway.com, check out uh, this episode, that this is number 57, uh, as well as uh, send us your question in the contact form. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.